So we are coming to a close here, and, I, and, and you know me, I love series, and so when we kind of get to the end of the series, it's kind of like a little letdown for me, but I almost kind of feel like we saved one of the best topics for the last year. So we've been talking about this thing called spiritual habits, and there are more than the four that we've covered, but these are the four that we chose to put in the month of January here, and we talked about Bible reading and study, we talked about um, prayer, we talked about fasting, Last week, really good feedback, pardon the pun, on the fasting sermon, believe it or not, and, and, um, and, 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 and I'm just excited about some of the results that I'm hearing and what people are doing with that. And then today, we're going to be talking about Christ-centered community, and I want you to hear me. We're not talking about just church, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you're the church, so it's not about coming here, although we want you to come here. Okay, don't get me wrong. I, I'm glad that you are here. It's a lot easier to do church when people are here. And there's a lot of value here. Um, but, but when we talk about Christ-centered community, church is a place to start, but you need to go deeper with people. You need to get to know people. You need to do life together with people. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. But these spiritual habits, the cool thing is that, that it's not necessarily like these difficult rituals that we have to endure in order to enjoy things. No, we do these spiritual habits so we can enjoy Jesus more. That's the thing. Like we, as we read our Bible, as we pray and fast, as we're in Christ-centered community, we are beginning to learn how to love Jesus more and how to enjoy him more. Because it's not like we have to go through all of this difficult stuff. You know, read my Bible and spend an hour on my knees in prayer. It's not like we have to go. No, that's not, that the whole thing is, these are not payments. These these are not payments for the pleasure that we enjoy. They are the pipelines of, of the enjoyment. So it's like as we are doing these things, these spiritual habits are where the enjoyment comes from. And that's what is, a, in my mind, it's a, it's a shift because if reading your Bible and praying and fasting and community become this, this thing that you have to do, then it loses its effectiveness. They are pipelines for the pleasure that we get to enjoy. And as we kind of get into this thing of Christ in our community, I want to address something that God never intended for us to walk alone. In fact, God invented community. You're probably familiar when he created Adam and Adam's all by himself in the garden. There's nobody else like him. And he looks down from heaven and he says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, he says this, and the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make and help me for him. And I'm so glad that he made women. Right? Thank you, Grant. (laughs) Everyone's like, did he just say that? Yeah. Man, I'm specifically my wife, okay? specifically my wife, I'm so glad that he made women because I love my wife. (laughs) At the nine o'clock, I said, I love women. I was like, "Ah, that's not going to be good. But I, I am so glad that he did because I love doing life together. We have such, such a good life. And we, you know, we'd be riding down the road all the time. We just say, we have such good life. And we really do have a good life. God has been so good to us. But our American individualism, and I don't want to like blame it all on America. It's just just our American individualism. 
This idea that we are autonomous, that we're independent, that we are self-sufficient. And we've even, we've even, in our Christian culture, we call it a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? And I believe in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean we hide it. Right? It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that we do in community. Even a casual reading of the New Testament will show you that living in Christian community is a non-negotiable part of having a healthy and vibrant relationship with Jesus. John Wesley said this. He said, Christianity is not a religion for solitude and solitary. And then this is a great statement. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. And I believe in quiet time with the Lord. I believe in getting away and it's just you and God and him working on things and you enjoying that relationship. But you need this. You need this, but you also need like tighter circles too. Authentic community in which we deeply know each other adds a meaning to the Christian life that you're just not going to experience anywhere else. So my question is, where is this happening in your life? Like, where are you enjoying Christian community? And, and, and obviously you're here. Thank you. And you are, you've made this a priority for your life. But where else is this happening? Where are you getting to know people on a deeper level? Because we need this. Paul Tripp said this. He's an author. And I'm, I don't, I couldn't put the whole thing up on here, but I'm going to highlight this particular phrase. But he says this, we weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and loving dependency upon God and in a loving and humble interdependency with others. Then check this thing out. Our lives were designed to be community projects. What? Our lives were designed to be community projects. And let me tell you, that goes against so much of my self-sufficient nature. Like I, you know, we're self-made men. We take care of ourselves. I don't need to borrow any tools from you because I own them all, right? I don't know how to use them, but I have them. Okay? I want to be the guy that everyone needs to borrow something from. I don't want to have to borrow anything. You know, it's just like that's kind of in me, right? But my life is not supposed to be autonomous. My life was created for community. I love that statement. Our lives were designed to be community projects. That's humbling. That means I need you to speak into my life. That means you need to allow me to speak into your life. He goes on to say this, yet the foolishness of sin tells us that we have all that we need within ourselves. So we settle for relationships that never go beneath the casual, the handshake, the pat on the back. We defend ourselves when the people around us point out a weakness or a wrong. We hold our struggles within, not taking advantage of the resources that God has given us. What a quote by Paul Tripp. So we need this. So why don't we do it? 
right? So why do we tend to neglect Christ-centered community? Now you're saying, but I'm here. Okay, so this isn't for you. This is for the other people. (laughs) No, you may be here, but you need this because we need to get a little bit closer together. Now, I'm going to give you five reasons. There's more than that. You know that. And we're just going to take lazy and just assume that that's a reason why we tend away from this. We're just lazy. We just, you know, it's just, why does Sunday seem to be the hardest day to get out of bed? Am I the only one? So, like, I get up anywhere from 4 to 6 o'clock every day. Sometimes I just pop awake at 4, and I'm up. The rest of the time, I'm like, you know, usually around 6 or so, I'm up. And on Sunday, this morning, the alarm goes off at, like, 2 minutes till 6, because it just makes me feel like I'm getting up earlier. And I was like, are you kidding me? It is 6 o'clock already? I don't know what it is about Sundays. And I, and I get it. So, like, you, 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 Sundays are difficult. And so, like, laziness just keeps us. So, we're going to take laziness, and I'm not even going to mention it. But the first reason I think that we kind of tend to neglect Christ-centered community is we're just very busy people. And I get that. And listen, hear my heart. I'm not condemning anybody for that. We are busy, okay? We have created a culture in America where more is better. And the more stuff we have our kids involved in, it's like sports has become the number one thing that we do as a family. If you've got kids, right? Everything revolves around that, and everything from that point on is, is, is relegated to at least second place, if not further down the list. And I get that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I get it. We live in a very busy culture. And it's almost like busyness has become a sense of pride. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm really important. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. It's like, man, I'm busy. Because if we're busy, that means a lot of people depend on us. And, yeah, sometimes we're busy just because we're busy. Okay? And we need to control that schedule a little bit better. You got sports programs, you got family life going on. I mean, we work hard. And the weekends are a great time to get away and travel. We also have like a lot of single parents, blended families that make it very difficult to make it work because it's not necessarily a team effort to get involved in Christ-centered community. I get it. So we're very busy. Another reason why I think we tend away from it or we tend to not make it a priority is that we fear spiritual connection with others. And this is just being, I'm I'm being, this came from my heart. I didn't read this in a book somewhere. This is, this is like, I, I think that we tend away from getting intimate in Christian community because we don't really want people to know that we don't know as much as we think we know or what we hope people think we know. And the idea is that, is that we fear somebody learning that we struggle too. And so we shy away from, we tend to neglect Christ-centered community because we are afraid of that spiritual connection that we have with others. And then how about this one? I won't do a raise of hands, but we've been hurt. And it's like, it's, like a, it's like a beaten dog. You can get a new owner, but you still shrink every time they go down to pet you. 
right? That's our dog, but it's because I beat her. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't, okay? My wife's like, Eric, don't say that, all right? Because there are people who don't take you too seriously. We got our dog, I don't know, she's three or four years old, and I swear, every time we, we reach down to pet her or whatever, she, that's what she does. She, she bends right down, and then she rolls right over on her belly. Like, I give up. And I feel like kind of sad, right? Because it's like somewhere she has learned. I do the same thing, though. <laughs> just rub my belly. <laughs> but like we just, we, we tend to kind of be that way. Like I was really hurt in church or I was raised this way or this is what happened and the pastor did this or, or this happened with him. And, and so we just... We come into a Christ-centered community like this or like a community group or something closer and we are very gunshot because it's like we don't want to jump in. Let me tell you, so this is just me being honest. My, that always scares my wife when I say that. As a pastor, my, my identity is this church. Like it is, this is my life right here. And people come in and out right? And when people come in, they all want to be close. They want to get to know the pastor and they want to be friends and, they, and then they leave. This is me. We've been hurt. And so we tend to rely on each other. Okay, see? So that takes me back to me letting you know my spiritual connection, Okay? So if you're judging me right there, you're why I don't do it. But it's like, that is, that's a very real thing for people. We've been hurt in relationships with other Christians. We've been hurt by people we thought were good Christians. Right? And so we tend away from Christian community because we don't want that to happen again. There's a lot of hurt people. There's a lot of hurt people in this church. I'm glad you're here. And I don't want to hurt you. I really don't. I might on accident. We're not perfect, but we love you and we're glad that you're here. But you need Christ-centered community even if you've been hurt. Another reason why we tend away from it is because we have easier options online. Right? There is an online community of believers that have legitimate and valid and meaningful Spiritual connections with other people online. There is something about that anonymity, though, that I don't think really creates the connection that in-person does. But there is, there is a lot of meaning there. Could I suggest that even though it may be easier, it might not be better? Could I also suggest that it would be a good supplement, but not necessarily a good substitute for Christ-centered community? I feel the same way about this other one. We practice, we practice self-directed spirituality. What does that mean? I can just go worship God in the woods. I worship God in my boat on the lake. Yeah, you can, because God is everywhere. Okay? I get that. But that's not a substitute for Christ-centered community. It should supplement your walk with the Lord. We should have a personal relationship but we practice this idea of me and God is all I need. 
And so we tend away from Christ-centered community. I do believe you need to get along with the Lord individually. And that it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But we are not created to live life in isolation from other believers. Some of us have to intentionally put ourselves in that position because we're not naturally that way. Others of you love community. Like it's just in you. It's kind of like you would be that way whether or not you are Christian or not. You are just a people person, okay? Some of us aren't that way. Some of us are okay to not really have a lot of conversations. And wherever you are in that spectrum, understand that you need Christ-centered community, even if it's with one or two other people. He designed us to crave and thrive in relationships with other people. So we need this. What do we need it for, Eric? We need it for encouragement. We need Christ-centered community for encouragement. Being in a community gives you a chance to be around other people in different stages of the Christian life. And my dad taught me this a long time ago. Eric, you can learn something from everybody. I don't care how old they are. You can learn something from everybody. And that's what I love about this community. Like we may be, like we're all in the spiritual journey, right? We're all in this path. We're all in this freedom in Christ figuring out what God wants us to do and how he wants us to live. You might be at mile marker seven. Somebody else might be at mile marker 230, but we're all on this journey together. We're just at different mile markers, and I can learn something from you, and you can learn something from me. That's how community is supposed to work. When it comes, to, when it comes right down to it, it's about lifting each other up, learning from each other, being a friend to somebody else. That's what community is supposed to look like. I'm going to give you If we were talking about going to church, you knew I was going to be bringing these verses up, okay? But I'm going to focus on a different phrase in this than what you may have heard in the past. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, these are the verses that are always used when you're trying to get people to come to church, okay? But let's read it this way. And let us consider one another. He starts it off like, It's not about you coming to church because you better come to church, right? He starts us off as being considerate of other Christians. So let's consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And that's the verse (laughs) that I've heard hundreds of times used to guilt people into coming to church. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. That's exactly how it was said. Not forsaking the assembly of yourself together, as a matter of some is, like those other people. Right? But exhorting one another. Isn't that beautiful? And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So isn't it a shame that we take a beautiful set of verses like this when it talks about being there for each other and exhorting one another in love and the only thing we pull out of it is Don't be like all those other people who don't come to church. That's not the emphasis of the verse. The emphasis of the verse is to be there for each other, to consider one another, to grow in love, to encourage them, to good works. That's what this is all about. 
knowing each other, getting close to each other, considering one another. I love that. The, so, so the idea here is overlapping. So here's the thing. So many come into Christ-centered community, whether it be church or a community group or, or even a cup of coffee with friends. And too many times we go into that environment looking to get when this is telling us we need to go into that environment looking to give. Hey, you know what? Then you won't be disappointed. Because there's always an opportunity to give. But I can promise you this. I'll give you, I'll give you any odds you want. You come here long enough, we're going to disappoint you. I'm going to set the bar really low. All right? We are a bunch of imperfect people. And we are going to disappoint you. You know what else? You're going to find things that we do that you disagree with. <gasps> what? We're going to burn the biscuits once in a while. We're just not going to bat a thousand. I'm sorry. So if you come here to get all the time, we will disappoint you. But if you come into a situation with other believers in order to be able to give you will never be disappointed because there's always opportunity. You know what that works for? In relationships between husband and wife as well. That's called overlap. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If you overlap that relationship and you are giving in that relationship, and she is overlapping and giving back to you, you have this overlap to where if one of you are having a bad day, you're still covered. You're still good. No, Eric, I tell you what, we're a 50-50 relationship. I do my part, she does her part. Must be crappy to be your wife. So what happens when you're having a bad day or he's having a bad day, now you don't have overlap anymore. You have anger. Now you got this awkwardness between the two of you. I got ticked off yesterday. I snapped at my wife. I was under a lot of pressure. I'm doing a lot of studying for all my sermons today. How ironic is that? <laughs> yeah, today's a big day for me. I'm preaching two sermons, right? They're the same ones, so it's really like one. I taught a growth class, and then we had this ministry update after church. I'm like really busy, right? And I snapped at her right when I was walking out the door. She texts me. I'm sorry, honey. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. I was just doing this. I know you're under a lot of pressure. I'm praying for you. Right? I'll show her. <laughs> I know, honey, I'm sorry. I know her heart. She wouldn't be like that to me. That's called overlap, people. Right? So when you walk into a situation with other believers and you're just there to get, you are taking from that environment. But if you're there to give, you're contributing and you're making it work. We need each other. We need community for encouragement.
Be looking to give, not to get. We need it for encouragement. We need it for enjoyment. Community should not feel boring or forced. It should be the absolute opposite. In Psalm 133, check it out. It says this, the psalmist says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How are we looking? Like, does it feel good? Is it a pleasant environment? That's the way it's supposed to be. How good and how pleasant. When there is unified, Christ-centered community, there will be joy. It's just going to happen. One of the core values of Virginia Hills Church, we have these great ones like, you know, we are, we are um, missionally minded, we are ministry intentional, you know, we have all these great seven core values. Can I tell you what one of my favorites is? The last one, we are genuinely happy. That is a core value of Virginia Hills Church. And then it goes on to say this, we are imperfect people discovering life in Jesus We laugh often because nothing is more fun than serving God with people you love. Community is that. And I don't know what your church background has been. Thank God you're here. But serving God together should be enjoyable. It's not all that. It's for encouragement. But it's also for enjoyment it ought to look a lot like that. Also for ministry, and that's kind of segueing off of that, for encouragement, for enjoyment, for ministry. We just do better together. We do, we do more for the kingdom of God together than we do individually. And so community looks a lot less like a Super Bowl party and a lot more, no offense, Todd, Community, Christ-centered community is supposed to look a lot less like a Super Bowl party and a lot more like the huddle while you're planning the plays and you're going to go out there and bang heads and advance the ball and get stuff done. That's what Christ-centered community can look like. We're better together. A great example is the early church in Acts. They just got together and did stuff. Like, like they did life together and then God infused that with his spirit and things began to happen. Acts chapter 2 verses 46 and 47. And they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And check it out. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know what I truly believe? I believe God's spirit works through your spirit. And if you're a curmudgeon, there's not much God can do. It's a great word, isn't it? I don't know where that came from. But, but your pipes might be clogged. If you're a conduit for the Holy Spirit, it just might be that there's not a lot he can do because of you. And there's something about, did you notice they ate from house to house, right? And there was gladness there. There was singleness of heart. They were unified in this thing. And then what happened? Then the Holy Spirit added to that church daily such as should be saved. 
And I know there's probably more to the formula than that. I'm just saying that when you are doing community together, it's amazing the synergy that that creates and how the Holy Spirit can use that to reach people and reach people's lives. And the other reason that I think that we need this is for the love of God. And you can say that like for the love of God, or you can say it for like for the love of God. Because this is what he wants to work in and through us to accomplish. You've probably been at a wedding where the pastor's pulled out, right? 1 Corinthians 13. He gets to the end of the chapter, and he says these three, faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. That was the writings of Paul to the church at Corinth. Paul emphasizes that again in Colossians chapter 3. He says this in verses 13 and 14. He says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, check it out, put on charity. Now, your, your Bible may say love, but that word charity, I think it speaks a little bit more true to what the word is because the word is not just an emotional feeling. The word is agape in the Greek, and the idea is that it is like a love feast on somebody. Like you are, you are demonstrating your love, not just saying it, which is the bond of perfectness. That happens in community. And where else do you have the opportunity to demonstrate the love of God, the agape of God, than with other people? This is how we live out our Christian life. So how do we do this? This is a a quick conclusion here. Show up. Be present. Show up. I mean, I know you're here, so you're like, got that one. Right? Right? Okay, let, let's, let's go a little deep. How about, how about maybe like into a community group? We only have five right now. We're planning on more. And the beautiful thing about community groups is that now we begin to take care of each other's needs. We cook meals when they're sick. We take up offerings when we're struggling. That's what we do in community. When you go to a big, massive church like this, <laughs> that's how preachers talk, Okay. When the thousands of people who attend here, it's hard, it's hard to feel like you are connecting with other people. Again, it's the very casual relationships that we have. But what we're talking about is getting involved in a group of a dozen people, maybe 15. The Wednesday night group that we have here has grown to about 25-something. And you do, you do life kind of in smaller community. It's like you do everything together, but you get together, you learn each other's uh, needs, and you try and help out, and you kind of begin to do community. Just show up. And I know, it goes back to the beginning of the sermon, I know there's a lot of reasons why we don't. But we need this in our lives, so show up. The number one rule of the safari is stay with the herd. Right? I was watching National Geographic show where these lions are going after the zebras, guess which one they picked? The one that was away from the herd. Show up. <laughs> Be with a herd. I sent an email out this week to my Wednesday night group. said, hey, give me some thoughts here about community. And, and somebody said back, uh, Ben, you said, you said it, it is, it's like um, the, the best way to put out a fire is to spread out all the coals. 
Because those individual coals will reduce in temperature, but if you keep them together, the fire lasts longer. That's what we're talking about. Like when you're on your own and you're separate from the group, man, the devil can just play with your mind and you get inside your own head. And we need to be together to just show up. So, so, so I, read, I came across this this week and it kind of made me giggle. So, so like there's different types of people who come to your church. First of all, you have like the serial church daters. They go from church to church to church to church. That's fine. Glad you're here. See you later. But it's like, I don't mean that that way. I mean, like, I, we, we know that you're just kind of checking this out. That's fine. And we're glad that you're here. But, like, you do that all the time. Like, you just never can feel committed. So you have commitment issues. And many people just date churches serially. And then some people claim, like, a particular church and say, yeah, this is my church. Okay? This is my church. And, and you might come once a quarter, once a month. And I realize that sometimes you can't. I get all of that. And this is not, I'm just saying there's different types of people who come to your church. You have serial church daters. Then you have those who claim that the church is theirs. And they come very occasionally. They just like to know you're always there. And they'll come when it's convenient or when they need something. Okay, that's fine. And then you have people who say, say yes, this is my church. And they come regularly. How do we define regular? I don't know. Three out of four Sundays, something like that. So you're like a regular attender. Okay but you're still not connecting, right? It's still very casual for you. You come regularly, but it's not like you really are jumping in. You're just okay with just kind of coming. And please hear me. I'm glad that you're here. I'm honored that you get benefit from this place. This is why we are here. We have a very kingdom mentality here that we are just contributing to the work of God on this earth. And we know that we don't only, have, we, we, there's other pea patches out there. This is just our pea patch. We get it. This is, this is kind of where we're, where, we're doing, where we're doing church and how we're doing it. And we're glad that you're here. But at some point in your life, to go to the next level, you need to get involved in a community and become known and know other people and make that happen. And I don't know what that needs to look like for you. For me, as a pastor, it's community groups. And there may be other ways to make that happen. Maybe for you, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book club. Or maybe it's coffee with a friend every week or whatever. But you need to be doing community somewhere on a more intimate level than what we have right now. Just food for thought. So show up and then listen up. And there's, there's so much here and I've got to hurry. But listen up. Like the idea is, is you're showing up to a community event like this, and, and I'm listening for the Holy Spirit to tell me what I need to hear, right? And I'm also listening to what your needs are. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping into the room mouth first. I kind of do. But the idea is that you, you, you come to a community event and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you're listening to the needs of others, you're being aware of them and what their needs are, and you listen. And then thirdly, meet up. That means get to know people right? Don't just come for the coffee, come in, leave, drive away, and realize I never even spoke to anybody, right? Get connected, learn people, start doing life together, meet up, get to know people. And now, now let me just, let me just kind of take the pressure off. I know that not everybody here is your cup of tea, all right? There's a lot of weirdos in church, <laughs> right? 
And I mean that. Like, there's, there's a lot of weirdos in church, but I think it's just a microcosm of what our community is. I mean, it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you go. Anytime you get a people, bunch of people together, there's going to be some weirdos. So, and if you're looking at me going, I don't know what he's talking about. You're probably the weirdo. <laughs> and everyone else might be thinking that you're the weirdo. But you don't have to be friends with everybody, okay? Let me just say that. You don't have to be friends. I think you ought to be friendly to everybody, but you don't have to be friends with everybody. But if there are a couple people that you really can connect with, that's a win. That's a big win. You don't have to have a bunch of them. You just need a couple that you're really accountable with and that know you. That's, that's important. There are going to be people that you just don't sync with. That's okay. But there ought to be some that you do. Don't just be coming to get your needs met. Be looking to be a need meter. So, so meet up. I think church is a great place to start. I think you can go a little bit deeper if you want to get involved in a community group. Have I said that enough? Okay. But there's other ways to get connected with individuals. So, so show up, listen up, meet up, and then plug in. So once you get involved in the community, look for ways that you can serve. We're here to learn together, worship together, share together, serve together. We're here to pray together, find people, find a place, find a need, fill it, and do something in the community that God has allowed you to be a part of. It all happens in community. And let me just, let me just say this. If we're not the community for you, that's okay. We are who we are, and we are excited about what God is doing. But if we're not your cup of tea, don't throw up in our cup of tea. Let us enjoy how we do church. We may never be how you think we ought to do church. But we love the Lord, and we love what's going on. And we are grateful, and we're happy. And we, we, we love what God is doing, and we want you to be a part of that, and we want you to experience it. But if it's not for you, it's okay. It's okay. And that's like, like we're going to lose half the church next week. That's, that's not what I'm saying. It's just I, 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 I just want to make sure that you know that we love you, and we're glad that you're here. If you have questions, ask us. We want to help. But we really feel like the way to go to the next level is to develop the spiritual habit of community. You need a posse. You need a a gaggle. You need a group of people that you can enjoy doing life with and talking about spiritual things and figuring out life. That's what we need. We need that happen in our life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for for what you're doing in our lives and help us to acknowledge the fact that we need each other and help us to act upon that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.